Hi, this is the Curating Indigeneity podcast. I'm your host, Tani Atonharjo Growing Thunder, and today's recording is September 7th, 2018, and we are here with Tom Ferris. I'll let you introduce yourself. Hi, I am uh, Tom Ferris. I'm Ota, Missouri, and Cherokee. I live in Norman, Oklahoma, and work in Oklahoma City. Um, I am an artist. And uh, primarily what I do is painting, but I also have a, uh, a few other fingers in other um, various media. Um, I'm pretty well known for um, doing hand-carved war clubs with uh, adornments, and I've uh, dabbled in a few other interesting projects, to say the least. Yee. <laughs> <laughs> Well, very interesting. You've piqued our interest, Tom. And I, even though I've lived here in Oklahoma City uh, pretty much all my life, gone away to school and back again, and the home community and back again, um, you're a consistent face and consistent artist that I've seen for some time, and I think we're about the same age and do all the same shows. And um, one thing that's really I guess, evident to me is the color in which you use in your art, because that's one thing that's consistent, even though you say you're dabbling in a little bit, but what is it about the color? Because it's it's very vibrant, and you don't see that too often. Well, um, I was fortunate to uh, grow up the child of really passionate Native art collectors, Um, and so every summer trip, was you know we're going to galleries or artist homes or museums and I hated it as a kid I really (laughs) hated it so much but I was a pretty good kid and I was allowed to uh, kind of be left to my own devices my parents are always working deals or talking and uh, so I kind of wandered off and was able to find the things that piqued my interest and at that time so uh, I was allowed to kind of roam and find the things that interested me uh, when I was a kid, primarily, I really loved comic books. Um, so I found really vibrant artists that really uh, kind of played to that that preference. So um, I remember probably the first artist I was really interested in was um, R.W. Giontai, Kyle. And um, his dad was George Giontai, who did a very traditional uh, two-dimensional Oklahoma style. Um, but... R.W. went on and did a very comic book based style. So all of his figures, primarily dancers, had the whited out pupils in their eyes and were very overly muscular. And and he adapted that style of comic book art to portray native dancers. And that just fascinated me. Um, That was the first piece of original artwork I ever owned as a collector. I started when I was like 16. Um, and that was, I still have that piece. It's still one of my favorites. Um, and so from there I went on to, uh, just figure out the other artists that I really loved and they had a running theme, you know, Benny Buffalo, TC Cannon, you know, they were all very vibrant in the colors that they used. I really shied away from the, the earth tones and the flat, um, kind of more muted colors that a lot of. Um, native artists used, especially in the 70s to the 80s, um, that didn't interest me as much. I mean, uh, it might have been a little more traditional, but uh, for me, uh, there's just so much more that can be expressed with color. And so 
I definitely <laughs> glommed onto that idea. Um, another one of my huge influences is pop art, and if nothing else, it's vibrant color all the way, mostly. So, uh, the vibrancy of pop art was really um, a huge influence for me, primarily um, Roy Lichtenstein, which is just really an extension of the comic books that I enjoyed. I mean, he took comic book art and elevated it to fine art, which I'm sure a lot of those comic artists take umbrage with, but um, I really uh, was drawn to his work just because it was something that I identified with that uh, people had finally taken seriously. And I think um, a lot of contemporary comic book artists are finally getting some recognition for their work um, and beyond just you know, the comic book fans. So I'm happy to see that there's been um, growth in that recognition as well. Um, so really, that's where a lot of what I do now is drawn from, just things that I saw as a kid. Um, one of my frustrations as a comic book artist, what, or as a comic book fan, was just anytime you would see a Native uh, character introduced, it was always very... Um, <laughs> they were always interviewed, or, or uh, they're always exhibited as Indian by putting feathers or fringe on their costume, and then given some crazy Indian name like Warpath or Shaman <laughs> or something. And I always kind of wanted to see like an Indian guy who who was Indian, and then a superhero. I mean, it wasn't something that you know uh, you had to wear on his sleeve, literally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was nothing that you know, uh, any non-native character. Well, I, actually, I mean, I guess it's any minority comic book character. I mean, mm-hmm. Black Panther, you know, uh, it's always something that really kind of plays towards their culture more than um, has to do with what their character represents. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, I'm sure it was frustrating for any minority comic book fan. Um, so I always kind of wanted there to be something a little more along the lines of just a just an Indian guy or a superhero who happens to be Indian. Mm-hmm. Can branch off. So getting back to the torture of being <laughs> children of museum and art professionals, um, I too was one of the children who took refuge under a art show table stealing mints and summer sausage dinners and brownies as, mm-hmm. as the fiber. <laughs> Living off but, of... Uh, of the uh, <laughs> the goodies at, at art shows, you know, yeah. a lot of cheese and crackers and yeah. and sliced fruit. Yeah. Yeah, my kids request art show dinner <laughs> so every now and then when it the, yeah. comes dry season. Yeah, and so where did you go to school? Did you? So I um, I attended the University of Science and Arts of Oklahoma for a little while, and then also um, OU for a little while as well, um, and. I didn't really pursue art there. It was nothing that I really um, considered a career. It was actually something that I kind of avoided as much as possible. Um, you know, coming out of being a kid and into teenage years, it was still what my parents were into. It was still nothing I would want anything to do with. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very fortunate to uh, get a, a summer uh, job with the Jacobson House Native Art Center in Norman mm-hmm. uh, when I was like 19. And it was just a summer job um, through a, a program with the Chicks Foundation that uh, 
Gabe's summer youth employment, which was great. I was right on the cusp because I was like, eh, 18, 19 is kind of pushing it, but they were still good enough to, to pay me for that summer. And um, it turned out that I just had a, a natural or a natural aptitude for it. Mm-hmm. Um, just from being around it, I could recognize people's styles and uh, had seen enough work on sale to know kind of values of, of work. And um, I had you know, talked to enough of these artists to kind of know a little bit about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when that summer ended, um, the director was good enough to want to keep me on staff and then um, shortly after that I became the assistant director there and um, really handled a lot of the day-to-day operations of that museum. I was very fortunate to get, because we were really small staff, I had a lot of hands-on experience there, actually curating shows, you know, uh, working directly with artists, um, selling work and um, just really taking what I already knew and then applying it to more contemporary artists, um, and then also just learning a lot um, by talking to people and, and just doing work. After uh, working for the Jacobson House for uh, about four years, mm-hmm. and um, really having an opportunity to get to know a lot of the artists um, that at that time were mm-hmm. my age, it was kind of interesting to kind of see um, a lot of uh, the newer artists that you know weren't in Patrick Lester's book, you know <laughs> that uh, um, that were doing some some new and interesting things. I feel like I came along at a, a real interesting time for Native art, where there was kind of a, a divergence of um, what was very traditional, and I I know that happened way before me, but it seemed to be far more common when you know I kind of came along in profession, uh, professional side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I left Jacobson House to work for Cherokee Nation and started the Cherokee Art Market, um, which was great because I had this whole new <laughs> cast of artists that I could kind of be like, hey, these people are great and you should, you know, have an art show built around them. And um, it afforded me the opportunity to travel to the Adeljorg and the Herd and, and, Cher- um, and uh, Swaya, uh, Santa Fe Art Market, and really see what everybody was doing around the country. Mm-hmm. And um, really, I took the basis of those three shows and kind of um, crafted Cherokee Art Market based on that. We really wanted to go after um, the absolute best in Native art, and so I feel like our inaugural year, we had an amazing um, pool of talent, and so... I was very proud of that. Um, yeah. Did that for a while, and then um, I had uh, I had this crazy notion to open my own gallery because I felt like um, second nature. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, well, I'm already doing this anyway. I might yeah. as well um, kind of jump in with both feet, and that was a an incredible learning experience. I mean, I think anybody who's had their own business, um, I don't think anything really prepares you for it. So. It was a lot of work, and uh, I loved it, and we were there for three years, and uh, I think we did some really interesting things um, as far as, you know, working with interesting artists like uh, Michael Wesley, who's walking in the door right now. Oh, wow. (laughs) So here comes uh, the werewolf, Michael Wesley, uh, 
<laughs> while we're filming a podcast. While, while we're reporting podcast. podcasts. And so we're going to get Michael Wesley on this. Uh, on, on <laughs> 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 Do you hear the gas? He's like, no. He's, he's signaling, no, we're going to cut it right now. Okay. No quote. <laughs> <laughs> no quote. No quote. But one of the uh, interesting things about running a gallery is it gave me um, one perspective on, on how the art world works. And now that I am an artist, it gives me the other side of that. So it, I'm kind of uniquely suited to work <laughs> with artists and, and do shows because mm-hmm. uh, I understand the, uh, the methods that a lot of artists work with and, and you know, why they're kind of last minute and how that frustrates a lot of people. Uh, and then I also understand being frustrated by that, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had uh, a lot of experiences <laughs> dealing with um, uh, uh, personalities, when you say that, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just part of the business. Um, and you have to figure out, you know, the people that need to be catered to or the people that uh, need to, you need to be a little more uh, on hands with just because... Um, <laughs> If you, want, if you want what you're asking for, you have to. Uh, but uh, I, I really treasure those experiences because it uh, has really shaped the way I try to do business as an artist. Um, I really try to be on top of things as much as possible uh, and be um, responsive to people who ask me questions and uh, try to be atypical of, of what a lot of people deal with with native artists or, or artists in general, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just a different approach to things yeah. uh, I find um, <laughs> just from having dealt with it myself. Yeah, well, yeah. we've all been on the roller coaster of artist rides, and I think I'm I'm one of them. I'm an artist and a curator, and bless everybody's heart has to deal with me when I've been up for two days beating and hadn't showered. And yeah, I mean <laughs> I, that I'm. As much as I try and I recognize mm-hmm. deadlines, I'm really bad about um, inspiration finding me at the at the midnight hour. I mean, mm-hmm. it's two days know, before. Yeah, <laughs> and that's happened to me just just this last market. You know, I, I had that like, okay, I've got a three month countdown. I'm gonna start doing stuff. I'm gonna start putting in a couple hours here and there, and that mm-hmm. way I won't be in the <laughs> no. The last like month before market, every night I was in the studio, yeah, yeah. and the last. <laughs> And I did, like, four pieces the last week before I left, and uh, those are were some of the best pieces, just mm-hmm. some of the, it's like, oh my gosh, this would be such a great idea, and why is market next week, you know, just one Wait, of those did things. you touch anything up in the hotel room? No, I didn't, that, that was my biggest thing, that, uh, so the first few years, I was very fortunate uh, to stay with a friend who had a working studio in Santa Fe. <laughs> And so I would go out and turn in pieces, and then I would spend those next couple of days in that studio, you know, finishing, finishing up. Works, or, yeah. uh, I have <laughs> Melissa Malero and I were kind of tied up in the studio for a couple of days uh, a few years ago, and it it's an interesting way to do things. Mm-hmm. But um, this year I had really hard set goals that I would mm-hmm. not be painting on anything, um, uh, like four days before I left. I was like, I want a few days to just kind of get my mind right and pack and everything. And I got it to two days before I left. So I felt really good with that. I was like, yeah, okay, I'm just going to go uh, really close to the wire, but not right up to it and not anything. And I didn't do anything in Santa Fe as far as creation mm-hmm. goes. Well, that was that was a new one for me this year. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yes, I absolutely, um, you know, I know a lot of those artists that are painting in the car, or, you know. Uh, that was us this year. You know, yeah. that's, that's a, a life, but I feel like there are so many Native artists that are not full-time artists, that's mm-hmm. uh, kind of how things happen, you know, mm-hmm. they've got other obligations, and, you know, it's not until things have to be done that they really mm-hmm. produce, I mean, yeah. I'm kind of that way. Yeah. Well, you're a parent, a husband, you work full-time, yeah. you're a director and of a gallery, you're right. a curator, and then you're an artist, but mostly you're an artist. Right, uh, and that's what ideally I would like to do, mm-hmm. um, but I find the freedom of um, not being a full-time artist to be uh, a good thing for me, mm-hmm. because I'm not 100% reliant on art sales so I'm able to do some things that, uh, you know, I'm not necessarily concerned with the marketability of them as much. I mean, I'm always, that's always in the back of my mind. That's just mm-hmm. kind of how I work from working on the, the business side of things. Mm-hmm. I, I'm always kind of uh, have that, like, you know, who am I selling this to? You know, why am I making this? But uh, it does give me an opportunity to, to experiment with uh, some things that I want to do, some mm-hmm. ideas that, that I think... Uh, and that's kind of how I even got started in all this because I didn't paint for a very long time um, because I was so wrapped up in having my own gallery and everything. Um, but I would talk to so many artists and basically commission pieces. of like, hey, you should paint this for me. And I really like this would be a good idea for a piece. And I'd like to see this. And finally, one of them just said, why don't you do that? I mean, <laughs> you got the idea. You know what you want it to be. You do it. And it was just one of those things that clicked finally. It's like, oh, yeah, I guess I, I should. Mm-hmm. I probably could do it, so I might as well give my, you know, try my hand at it. And um, it's worked out well. Um, I have some fairly um, off-the-wall ideas, but for the most part, they've panned out. Um, and I'm, I'm happy with that. Uh, some of my more um, bizarre ideas have, have been very well accepted, so I'm very proud of that. Um, Especially when, you know, being the child of collectors, I have some pretty um, vocal uh, opinions about what I produce and, and, you know. And you can uh, back it up. Yes. Well, (laughs) (laughs) so um, what I, uh, you know, when I get those questions of, do you think that's a good idea? I'm like, well, we won't know until I make it. And um, I've been very fortunate to... uh, have those ideas uh, kind of uh, backed up by by sales or by interest at least. Mm-hmm. Um, there are very few pieces that I've had um, very long or permanently, um, and that's kind of always my goal. I try to. There, there are very few things that I make with the intent of keeping. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm happy with what I I still have kind of in my permanent collection mm-hmm. uh, of my own, and uh, I'm in no hurry to divest myself of those things. So. Um, it's rare for me to be sitting on a whole lot of inventory uh, because I, I don't work very much mm-hmm. that, that way. Uh, it's, uh, you know, I, I kind of have my few shows that I do a year and outside of that, unless I get just this huge spark of innovation, I'm, I'm probably mm-hmm. focused on something else. Um, so it's, uh, it's nice to kind of be able to, to sit back and kind of think of where things are and, and, and just to know that um, your work's appreciated enough to have landed either in a collection or somebody's home or uh, museum even, that's 
that's a very that's still an idea that that um, kind of uh, boggles my mind. Mm-hmm. Just when I go to museums and I see you know works by artists that I maybe knew growing up or uh, maybe never knew, um, and you kind of wonder about that, and then you think you know in X amount of years in the future somebody's going to stumble across something I have in a museum. They're like, well, who is this guy? And, you know, why did he make these crazy war clubs with hood ornaments <laughs> on them or whatever? You know, that, you know, it's one of those things that is a little bit of a... Uh, it's difficult to come to grips with, I mm-hmm. guess. I mean, it's just having that... Um, making something uh, to be kept in perpetuity is just a weird concept to, mm-hmm. to begin with. Yeah. Well, where can we find your, your shows that you do? Um, well, being in Oklahoma, uh, I'm fortunate that I run what I consider to be the best, and of course I'm a little biased, to be the best gallery in Oklahoma City, mm-hmm. but that also precludes me from showing there, mm-hmm. um, just because I don't want any of my artists to feel like I'm in competition with them as far as sales are concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, so going out on a daily basis is kind of difficult to mm-hmm. have my stuff down um, you can find me um, on Facebook which is mm-hmm. always easy uh, it's facebook.com slash the art of Tom Ferris aside from that I try to do uh, some of the local shows um, the Chickas Nation has some really great shows they do um, the Artesian Art Market which is uh, Memorial Day weekend mm-hmm. every year um, they do the Southeastern Art Show and Market which is the first weekend in October uh, that's in Tishomingo and that's a, a fun show to do it's uh kind of like a, a reunion week you know you get to kind of hang out and see people you haven't seen since market usually mm-hmm. and, uh, and get to catch up with everybody it's a little more laid back so it's not uh, that crazy hectic market schedule mm-hmm. um, and then I also try and do a Cherokee Art Market when I can um, just because I started that show and I, I, I really love that it's continue on yeah I mean <laughs> Yeah, you know, secretly yeah, have snide comments about what's going on. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm really proud of that show and that it, it's continued on. It's uh, It was my baby for so long, and it's mm-hmm. just kind of, you know, like seeing your kids go off and do their own thing, and it's it's uh, really blossomed into um, a full event, and I'm very proud of that. Um, and then it's, I, uh, I'm always going to be at, uh, in Santa Fe, which provided they have me back everybody yes <laughs> and that is one thing I'm, I'm very I always maintain that uh, I, I want to keep that um, that level of um, humbleness to to be happy to be there mm-hmm. I always want to be happy to be where I'm at mm-hmm. because I don't I, I certainly am not at that point where I can you know I feel like I deserve to be there or I should be there I'm always happy to that that they've allowed me to be there. So mm-hmm. I, I try to be, maintain that that attitude when it comes to doing shows. That it's an honor. I mean, they they thought enough of my work to mm-hmm. to um, include me in the show. So I'm always um, honored in anything that I'm invited to do. So um, so yeah, those are my primary shows. I'll occasionally step out and do something different. Um, I did the Idols work a few years back. I'm trying to do the herd finally this year. I actually got the Go actually yeah. I actually on. got around to doing the, the to doing the application this year. So um, and then um, I usually do the uh, one of the winter markets for National Museum of the American Indian in either DC or New York, um, and so that's always a, a fun show. Um, I really like the East Coast, and uh, it's a completely different um, demographic and, and audience and. It's interesting what you get outside of um, 
Oklahoma or New Mexico where there's a huge native population mm-hmm. and you start to deal with people who maybe aren't as familiar with it or they're, they don't live with it all the time, mm-hmm. um, you get so many more reactions, especially in, in the work that I do, which is sometimes provocative. Um, and it's, it's interesting to see how those people kind of react to those, uh, those little jabs that you throw out there. Mm-hmm. So. Cool. Well, I'm glad you're willing to share about your career, and we look forward to seeing you in uh, different venues, and this will be available on Spotify, on Apple iTunes, and Google Play. And one other thing we want to remind you, um, listeners, to follow us on Patreon. Your patron dollar goes a long way. And also, shout out to First American Art Magazine, who sponsored today's podcast. We appreciate it. And look up Tom Ferris, and we'll end it here. Thank you. Thank you.